0: And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode 383. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. Welcome along to the show and it is our spooky Halloween episode. Actually, there's nothing spooky or Halloween about it. It's just another episode of the show. But anyway, I hope everybody out there has a great Halloween and stay safe. Get lots of free candy. Send me some. Well, Okay, you don't need to send me any, well, just the Reese's cups. Just send me those. Yeah. Uh <laughs> all, all the nasty candy you can just keep that. No. Um no. I don't want any candy, but thank you very much. Um thank you for thinking of me. Not that you did. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, as I record this, uh it's still a few days away from from Halloween. And uh, actually, I think this drops on the 29th, so it'll actually be several days before Halloween. Boy, the time has been moving quickly in the last few weeks. Gosh, it just seems like I recorded the last episode, and now I've got to sit down and do this one uh, right before this major update that seems to be breaking everybody's computer. So that's why I'm hustling to get this show out a little bit earlier than normal. And, yeah, um, Everybody is having issues with this Windows update, and last time Windows did an update, I had to sort out all this uh, audio stuff all over again, so I'm just hoping that it doesn't break it again this time. Anyway, so, uh, once again, uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Now, this week we are going to continue on with our coverage of Thor Volume 3, and we'll be doing so right after this. Cross the rainbow bridge, Ooh, told you it'd be scary. All right, and this week we are looking at The Mighty Thor, volume three, number three. This is the October 2007 issue. I believe it retailed for $2.99. Cover art is by Oliver Koypel and Mark Morales and shows Thor, and he's got his hammer above his head, and there's lightning going on, and looks like uh, the ground in front of him is exploding, and standing in front of him is Iron Man. And Iron Man has electricity crackling around his, uh, his gauntlets. He's kind of got his back turned away from us. And if you don't know what Iron Man looked like during this weird era after the first couple of movies came out, he looked very different than he had looked before. So I at first didn't recognize this is Iron Man, but it, it is Iron Man. Anyway, so it's Thor and he's facing off against Iron Man. And we open up the story with Thor landing in New Orleans. And there's a big sign that says, Welcome to New Orleans, which I don't think actually exists in the middle of downtown New Orleans, but that's what it looks like. And there's tall buildings around, and you can tell that there was a big flood. Now, this would have been around the time of Hurricane Katrina, so that would have been very topical at the time. Um, so we had a little bit of narration here as Thor come sailing through the sky to land on the ground here in Louisiana. The French city of Orléans was christened with that name in 275 AD by the Roman Emperor Aurelian. The people of old Orléans drove back the invading tide of barbarians led by Attila the Hun and survived the siege of Orléans in 1429 through the intercession of Joan of Arc. The people of New Orleans have not always been as fortunate in their dealings with tides and sieges. What better place, then, for the god of storms to start his own search for the lost, the lost gods of Asgard, who have descended into the forms of men? What better place for one who walked the earth when the name Orléans was first spoken, who heard tales from Attila's battles from his own second-in-command, and who saw in Jeanne d'Arc a warrior queen born, touched by grace, power, and madness?' But the God of Storms was not here when the hurricane came, and the knowledge that he could have tamed the winds and turned back the sea burns him to the core. That and the questions. If he was not here, then where were the other heroes? Why were not force fields erected? Why were tides not evaporated by heat and blast? Why were buildings not supported by strength of arms and steel? Why this? And why was he drawn to this place to begin his quest? Why? And we see him kind of walking through the ruins of flood damaged New Orleans, see houses that have been destroyed by uh, the flood waters. and a voice comes from behind him. What are you doing here? Having the folks around here had enough trouble without costume freaks starting to show up? I told the reporters, and I told the politicians, and I told the celebrities, and now I'm telling you, This is our town. It's our pain. It's our life, and if you don't get to use it like it was some kind of movie set so you can look like a big guy, if you were going to do something, you should have done it when we needed you. Where were you then, huh? And Thor kind of looks at him, and this guy is skinny, and he's wearing, uh, you know, water-damaged clothes, and obviously this is a very poor neighborhood, and there's uh, your multi-ethnic uh, makeup here, and people are just kind of standing out in this uh, porch. And Thor says, I was dead. Yeah, well, maybe so. But you still should have done something. People died on account of you. You got to set it right. If you couldn't save our past, then you got to save our future. And if you can't do that, then I say stay out of our town, we don't want you. We don't need you. And if you try to come here, we don't want you. I, I'll stop you myself if I have to. And he and his friends go, go off and leaving Thor, uh, kind of watching their departure. And there's a sound from behind Thor and a voice. Hello, Thor. <laughs> we need to talk. And it is Iron Man, looking very modern, movieish Iron Man, though he's got what looks like the Superman symbol on his chest, which I can't help but think was a little bit cheeky. But anyway, yeah, he's got this sort of diamond shape. I like Superman's logo on his chest. Before I start the formalities, I just wanted to say that I'm glad to see you alive. Your presence has been sorely missed. And Thor is just staring at him and not saying anything... Nothing to say? Not even a good-to-see-you-again-Tony? We were friends for a long time, you know. And Thor continues just to stare without saying anything. Fine. Then I'll get to the formalities. You didn't seriously think you could plunk Asgard down in the middle of the American heartland and not have everybody from the National Guard to the White House up in arms about it, did you? I mean, yes, we checked, and the deed to the land it sits on has been properly paid for, and technically you own it. But things have changed around here while you were gone. It's real simple, Thor. You either work with the government, for the government, or you're against the government. There's no middle ground. The satellite recon photos confirm that you're all up alone in that place. We can take it if we choose, or force you to move it. Or you can do the right thing and put Asgard somewhere appropriate while you sign on with the good guys again, and we get back to work. And during all this, Thor is completely motionless and stoic. And just kind of hearing what, uh, what uh, Stark is saying here. So, what do you say? And as if in answer, we have a rumble in the sky, thunder and lightning. And Thor does not look happy. A lot of uh, lightning coruscating around and um, Thor starts to talk. Yes, things have changed. You have hunted down those who we once fought beside and called comrades, killed or imprisoned those who opposed you, regardless of their previous loyalties. Surely this would be offense enough, but you went further, much further. You took my genetic code and without my permission, without my knowledge, used it to create an abomination, an aberration, an insult, and this, you told the world, was me. You defiled my body, desecrated my trust, violated everything that I am. Is this how you define friendship? Is it? Is it? He shouts, and as he says, this, the storm is getting stronger and stronger. Now, what he's talking about, this abomination, is this um, character that I believe was known as Ragnarok that was sort of this strange cyborg clone sort of thing and was evil, as I recall. But anyway... So Thor is not happy about it. There's a giant, uh, very Simonson-ish sound effect, scratch, and yeah, and Stark is is kind of rearing back a little bit, but he, he's not, he's not retreating. All right, I can see you're upset by this, but you don't know the full story here, Thor. You, and when he says that, Thor just whacks him with the hammer with a spang. And knocks him flying, and he sends uh, Stark flying into some uh, power lines, and yeah, he lands, and you can see he kind of crashes on his feet, and um, so there's a fight of Bruin here. I'd hope to do this the easy way, Thor, but you leave me no choice. I'll apologize later. And uh, he points his uh, repulsors at Thor and just blasts this huge boom blast, and Thor He kind of takes double, does a double take after that because Thor's still standing. He hasn't moved at all. (laughs) This has not staggered him one bit. And uh, Stark is like, fine, we'll do this old school. And he goes flying towards him. um, And uh, Thor just knocks him aside with his hammer like a a baseball with a spang. Knocks him flying, looks like, for uh, a few blocks. And he goes tumbling down to the ground, and Thor is following him by air. And Stark is like, damn, not really, damn. And the the Jarvis system in his uh, armor is like, Rerouting power relays, 15% damage to systems, self-repair to complete in two minutes. You've been working out, says Tony. No, says Thor. There is only one difference. And this time, in this place, I am no longer holding back. What are you? And his armor says, Sensors detect atmospheric anomaly, electromagnetic pulse in four seconds. Three, two, one. And Stark is like, No! And goes, Argh! As lightning strikes him directly, it, it just blasts everything for about, it looks like, about a 10 foot radius. And uh, his armor is, at this point, just visibly damaged and uh, is starting to fall off. Total systems failure, says the armor. Total systems fail. And Thor grabs him from behind, grabs him by the neck, and is, is holding him and, and just staring at him, just angrily, uh, just staring at, at uh, Stark and he rips the faceplate of his helmet off, just, just reaches under with his fingers, just tears it right off with a crunch. And we see Stark staring back at, at Thor here. Give your orders and ultimatums to those who choose to obey or are too cowardly to fight, not to me. Or learn again the difference between a god of thunder and a mortal man in a metal suit. As for your masters, since power is all they understand. Tell them that Thor says this. If any mortal comes uninvited to Asgard on behalf of those who suppose themselves to be powers, within the hour they will learn what true power is. And we get a, an image here of storms happening in Washington. It looks like uh, Washington is just, just underneath a huge flood. And Thor is narrating what's going to happen if they bother him. The skies will open and deliver the first part of that message in terms even the blind could not fail to see. Anyone attempting to escape the message will find entering the skies even more dangerous, and this will be only the beginning of their education. For their own good and yours, go to them and convey that warning. Do not let them forget what a god of thunder is and what that means. Now that your war of brothers is done, I have no interest in becoming involved in either side of the disagreement. I am, for the moment, neutral." do not give me cause to reconsider that position. And he's been holding Stark up by the neck for all this time, and he drops him on the ground, and the Stark falls with an oomph. He's got a gasping here on the ground and cowering <laughs> before Thor, basically. And he says, there's, there's a possible solution, a compromise position. If we treat Asgard as a separate entity like a diplomatic mission or embassy, then it's not officially United States territory, especially since it's technically hovering eight feet above U.S. territory. That would put Asgard and anyone who lives there outside the jurisdiction of the Registration Act and give you diplomatic immunity. An approach along those lines would make sure my superiors don't lose face, and that would be necessary to sell this. How's that work for you? And Thor thinks about it for a moment. He turns away and he says... It will suffice. You can go. And Stark is there, and he's like, My armor's fried. How am I supposed to get back to base? And Thor takes a beat, and he says, Walk. And Stark does not look like he appreciates that much, and he's just kind of looking after him. And he gets up to leave, and uh, Thor says, One last thing. At this moment, I have more pressing business to attend to. But in the time to come, be assured that you and I will finish discussing your violation of my person, my genetic code, and what was once a friendship that I valued. Right, says Stark, and the two of them walk away from each other, and we shift scenes very slightly to a highway bridge and it's over uh, one of the levees or one of the, like, uh, sluices where all the water is. And it's, it's already full to the, to the brim. And uh, the guy that uh, Thor had the argument with right in the beginning of, the, um, uh, of the, the issue is sitting there and says, Yeah, great, just what we need, more rain. And he sees Thor approaching. I told you to get the hell out of here. We don't want your kind here. We don't need your kind here. And what kind is that, says Thor. You a troublemaker. You stir things up just like you did with that other guy. And is that so bad, says Thor. It is when there's no hope, when there's nobody anybody can do, nothing anybody has done, and nothing anybody is going to do. And uh, their voice comes from uh, beyond, and it's uh, a little girl. And she's like, please, don't hurt him. He doesn't mean anything by it. It's talking to Thor. He's my Uncle Ezra. He hasn't been the same since the flood hit, and then some. He had to watch his people he loved died in the flood. He lost everything he had, everything he loved. And my aunt, she was in the hospital when the lights went off and the power went out. And and she leaves a trail in there, and we get a reaction shot of the, of the uh, Cajun guy standing there. He said it was like living in the middle of the end of the world. All his life he tried to protect us. But I guess he couldn't protect us from the end of the world. And as he stands there, he says to Thor, My bridge, get off my bridge. Just let me go back to sleep. Waking's too hard, please. Thor is talking to the guy and the little girl, and he says, uh, Yes, his soul is torn. His grief is terrible. But the grief is not just his own. And the grief of gods was never meant for mortals to bear. Was it, old friend? And Thor reaches out and, and touches uh, his face with his hand, and the guy says, I, I don't know what you're, you're. And as he says that, his eyes start to glow, and uh, Thor says, a friend. And uh, the, the guy now is, is glowing a little bit with some sort of magic energy, and Thor stands back, and he starts whipping the hammer around a little bit, "'Stand back, child,' says Thor. "'There are some things never meant for mortal eyes to see. Two souls joined in sadness and loss, "'each mourning a world that came to an end before their eyes "'who desired only to protect those they loved, "'like calling out to like, soul to soul, "'loss echoing loss until only madness remains. "'I know you wish only to sleep, old friend, "'but there is a time to wake and love again and struggle.' And this time our lives are our own to create, to live, to govern. And he's whipping the hammer around and the, uh, the uh, Cajun guy is kind of levitating into the air. And Thor says, come forth, live, live again. And lightning is kind of crackling around uh, the form of this, of this dude. And the um, little girl's like, oh my. <laughs> and Thor's like, yes. Welcome Heimdall, welcome home. And we see the the godly form of Heimdall rising up. It looks like just basically out of the Cajun's body. Not really, um, not not physically emerging from him, but sort of forming above him. So it's like uh, Heimdall's soul was trapped in this guy's body and now Thor is giving it shape with his magic. And yeah, so very dramatic scene there. Uh, We shift scenes and we are at shield headquarters and we have stark and he is in uh his office looking at a uh a desk full of crumbled up armor basically and there's a shield agent there with him i don't think it's supposed to be colson i i I don't i don't know when colson came into the picture but anyway uh the guy says engineering just called in they said the replacement armor will be ready to lock and load within the hour good says stark something else the high-res satellite imaging has picked up a second presence on the target, calling it up now. And there's like a little 3D display projector thing. And I guess it's, you could call it a cosmic scope, except it really isn't cosmic. But anyway, so they're looking at a screen and we see an image of somebody standing on the edge of Asgard uh, as though they're keeping guard of it. Interestingly enough, and the agent says, Ops is asking for orders what should we do about this sir and stark turns off the screen he says nothing we let it go for now and we get a full page here of heimdall standing on the edge guarding asgard as he is wont to do thor is standing behind him with his arms crossed and we have to be continued and after that to be continued we have the credits and the title of the story everything old is new again j michael straczynski was the writer oliver koipel is the penciler mark morales was the inker laura martin was the colorist chris Eliopoulos was the letterer alejandro Arbona was the assistant editor warren simons was the editor joe casada was the editor-in-chief and dan buckley was the publisher and we'll be talking all about this issue right after this message. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You star officers, now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrett. Plain, simple, Garrett. Oh, Dex. We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. And Starfleet, one of our most important hosts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here at Benji. Listen to The Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts... Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell! Oh, I love a woman in uniform. Only on Tutruefreaks.com. And we're back with a few comments about the issue. So yeah, um, basically it's a very skillfully told story. I I like the the, the writing of it. I like the artwork in it. There's just a ton of stuff to love about this story, but I will tell you one thing that that particularly stands out in this issue and it 's not what you might think um, I mean the story itself it 's okay the, you know it's it's basically a knock down drag out fight between Thor and Iron man um, and there's not a lot of detail as far as the you know backgrounds and so forth. We get a very thorough uh, we get a very thorough establishing of of the city of New Orleans and the situation there, that's quite well done. And Thor's confrontation with the, the Cajun guy, a lot of that is in close-up, and a lot of the conversations with Iron Man are in close-up. And you just have a few little background elements to just kind of suggest a background. A lot of photo, photocopied backgrounds here. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, as far as the, the art goes, it's brilliantly done because, of course, it's pale. Well, it's very, very well composed. Um, but there's not a lot of detail. Uh, and it's the, the, really the emphasis is on the dialogue and the captions. I will say that just, just flat out. That being said, the artwork is brilliant and amazing. The writing, though, is particularly good. I think that this is a conversation that needed to happen and I'm not entirely familiar with this era of marvel history It's just this is becoming a kind of a <laughs> kind of a, an ongoing theme here in, in my commentaries is that I haven't read a lot of this stuff uh and the stuff surrounding it, so I don't always know exactly what's going on and I guess that's a problem that we'll have to address at some point but anyway um we've got uh uh you know this is basically Marvel style battle people being knocked around it's amazing though actually how little happens in the fight scene then given the skill of the artist here in, in presenting it it seems like a lot more happens but really iron man gets hit twice and then gets hit by lightning and that's it thor just stands there basically it's it's really you know they they go on for you know ten pages of, of conversation <laughs> of you know of really not a lot physically going on. Thor is just standing there basically in one place and Iron Man is is either being knocked back or or trying to attack Thor. So yeah, uh, very interesting. Um the only thing about the art that that's really happening that's exciting as as far as different things going on is the scenes with the, the Cajun guy and the little girl. I mean there's a lot going on here uh, as far as um, the facial expressions and such, it's brilliant, brilliant told. Uh, Story is very well told. Um, I guess Thor probably was drawn to this dude by uh, his magic, and that's how you can exp- how you can explain that magically. The, the the first guy he meets in New Orleans turns out to be what he's looking for. I, I can accept that as being Thor as being guided to him by magic. Uh, maybe even not being exactly sure who it was at first but but knowing now who it is Um, and uh, yeah it's 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 very well told but what I think really is the standout for this issue amazingly enough is the coloring Laura Martin's colors on this are incredible and she is a good colorist I mean we we've admired her stuff in the past and we don't probably mention it as often as we should but there's just some amazing subtlety going on here Uh, one of the the pages that really uh, stands out to me there's two really and there's one in his um, in the page before he draws Heimdall out of the Cajun where you're seeing the glint of of lightning and glowing of 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 the Cajun um, in the Thor's face I guess his name is Ezra, I should probably just call him by his name. But, but you see that there's a glow on Thor's face, not just off the helmet, because you see the, the glow being reflected in his helmet as well, but, but actually off the, uh, his wet skin because it's, you know he's standing in the rain, so of course he's wet. And it's just brilliant, brilliant done. And then the, uh, the other part that uh, stands out is the very last page or the second to last page, I should say. But the very last page is gorgeous as well because we have a beautiful sunrise, uh, perhaps a sunset, but uh, of uh, Heimdall standing on the edge of Asgard. And and so far he hasn't had any dialogue at all. So it's interesting to, you know, not to know what he's thinking. But anyway, um, but you can see the bruising on Stark's neck and it's in the shape of Thor's hand. So you can see Thor's fingerprints in Stark's neck. That is interesting considering he was wearing armor on his neck, which just tells you how tightly he was being gripped by Thor. Uh, Thor gave uh, Stark a big old hickey through his armor, which is it gives you some idea of just how angry Thor was, as well as seeing this pile of completely trashed armor, <laughs> which is also a pretty good indicator. Um, yeah, but I really like the issue. I really like where the this, uh, this story is going, and I look forward to the next one. All right. And with that, it's time to wrap up the show. Hey, folks, once again, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you want to email us, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. You can also join us on the Facebook group. Look for Radio Free Asgard in the search box on Facebook. And you can't help but find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Happy Halloween! Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only no ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.